Listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number 4, Taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm here for at least a few more minutes with my good friend, Ian Gordon. Um, Ian has been a mentor to me in many ways. I've learned a lot from Ian and uh, I've enjoyed his uh, his insights that have come through his diligent study of history, especially uh, economic history. Well, Ian, before we went to the break, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'd like to get your sense of what might cause the next shoe to drop. We had a major decline in the equity markets, in the commodity markets, in virtually every market. And it really looked like Ian Gordon's predictions going back at the late 1990s, um, early 2000, were, were really coming to pass and coming to pass very rapidly. Then, uh, you know, they, the policymakers pulled out all the stops. They did things they've never done before. Trillions of dollars pumped into the system. And lo and behold, we've got rising prices, rising equity prices again, rising commodity prices. And at least that 20% that Howard Davidowitz talks about, the 20% of the American population, is feeling pretty good again. But I know you believe that we're going to have another decline, and the next decline may even be worse than the one following Lehman Brothers. I'm assuming you believe we're going to take out the lows, the March uh, 2009 lows in the equity markets. I'm, I'm sure, because basically you've told us we will, that that's your view. Uh, what do you think might cause the next shoe to drop? Where do you think the problems, what bubble might burst next that takes us down? I, I really think it's going to happen in Europe. And I mm-hmm. think it, uh, you know, I, I always felt that it would be a default, um, and I suspected that that default would come in Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure this government, you know, the government that they sort of put in power, this appears to be kind of wimpish, uh, you know, and but it's going to happen. I'm I'm pretty confident in in saying that it's going to happen in Europe, much like the last real problems occurred as a result of the Credit Ange Bank failure in 1931 occurred mm-hmm. in Europe. So I see the similarities there. I mean, uh, 1931, by the way, Jay was uh, uh, called the tragic year, and mm-hmm. we said that 2011 is going to be uh, emulate 1931 and be a tragic year as well. Mm-hmm. So you could see something happening with the banking system or with the uh, with. Well, I the, think you know if, if you get a sovereign debt mm-hmm. failure in in, um, in Europe, it's going to bring down the European banking system, mm-hmm. and if, you know that kind of collapses, and that will <coughs> run across into 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 the U.S. banking system as well. Mm-hmm. So the whole world banking system is teetering on the brink of collapse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, people are being, you know, are, are becoming mad as heck about um, about the policymakers and bankers being bailed out. 
we're seeing uh, we're seeing a movement, of course, in in places in North Africa as well, with people becoming, uh, you know, having problems making ends meet, uh, putting food on the table. Uh, so, do you see this as sort of a bottoms up uh, revolt uh, that, that's putting pressure on the politicians uh, in in Europe to buckle uh, to, you know, not to continue on with the European Union? Do you see the European Union possibly um, imploding and, and falling apart? Well, I'm pretty sure the euro will collapse. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and I've actually been on, I think, for many years, I've stated in, in you know, some of my talks mm-hmm. that the euro would never survive a Kondratiev winter. Mm-hmm. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a cobbled political currency. You know, it's being put together by politicians. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get the pound or the or the U.S. dollar or even the uh, Canadian dollar, you know, those are country, you know, wide currencies that, uh, here's a, you know, each of the current, uh, each of the countries in the euro, have different kind of objectives, and mm-hmm. uh, and therefore it's much more difficult for a, a European Central Bank to kind of control, and to control the monetary aspects of of the euro, mm-hmm. so that you know what might work for Ireland doesn't work for Germany. Let's say mm-hmm. you know, sure. to, to lower interest rates or to whatever it is, it just sure. doesn't work as well. So uh, I don't think the euro can survive this, and I think the euro will probably collapse this year. So you think the euro could trigger the next the next major decline globally? Well, I'm not sure if it will be the euro, but it will be a country, I think, in the in the In, in Europe. In mm-hmm. the euro. Okay. Well, speaking of interest rates, um, do you believe that, uh, at least in the U.S., that Mr. Bernanke, the Federal Reserve, will continue to buy – Huge amounts of treasuries, uh, as you suggested, that would be a good thing in a way, uh, in in terms of um, getting rid of the U.S. debt. But do you think that they will? I mean, the Fed could end up buying, owning all the treasuries. I suppose, in theory, they could just keep on buying and keeping the interest rates low because they're keeping interest rates below a level that makes any sense to buy treasuries. I would argue. Uh, do you think that they will do that? And uh, what would happen if they don't and interest rates start to rise dramatically? Would, could that be a trigger to set uh, the deflationary train in motion again? Well, you know, I really do believe that interest rates have to rise mm-hmm. uh, in the United States so simply because the debt is so horrific. I mean, and the Fed doesn't really have the wherewithal to continue to, you know, to continue to uh, buy U.S. Treasuries. Um, I mean, they do. They can print money ad infinitum. But the point is that uh, I just think that eventually, and and we had the same in the 30s. You know, the interest rates actually rose in between 1931 and 33 mm-hmm. in defense in defense of the dollar. Mm-hmm. And you could see the same thing occurring this time. Or if uh, foreign countries countries basically sit on their hands and say we're not buying any more treasuries and and the fed is left on its own to do that kind of thing uh, you know it, it won't be enough so the interest rates will have to rise in the united states mm-hmm. uh you know you, they've got a major debt pro- or you have a major debt problem and uh it means that uh, the cost of, of money is going to have to rise mm-hmm well, Ian, uh, w- would you say, uh, let's say shifting gears a bit, do you think that in- investors should build their portfolio first around gold gold and silver bullion and then buy stocks, or would you tell people that they should be buying stocks? Well, you know, I mean, I think, I, I think you have to 
essentially own both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullion is really your life insurance mm-hmm. policy. It's as if the whole monetary system collapses, and we think it will, then at least you've got uh, the money that people will turn to and trust. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, if that happens and, and the values of gold and silver rise, uh, dramatically higher from where they are today, that means that the, the companies that mine it or explore for it are going to have a, a, a high values as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we don't have any problems by you know putting our investment money into into expert or into the gold and silver companies, and we're almost a hundred percent invested in the juniors. Mm-hmm. And why the juniors, Ian? Really, because of the leverage that they provide for, uh, you know, in a rising gold silver market. I mean, some of these companies you can buy them so cheap, they're like a perpetual call on the on uh, gold and silver mm-hmm. price. So, I love them. Are you talking about companies with um, with reserves or resources? Are you talking about exploration companies, that pure exploration companies that might not have gotten to that point yet, or, or what? What are you focused on primarily, or a combination perhaps? I'm always looking. What I try to find, Jay, are the companies that have basically not been uh, yet uh, sort of been overlooked by the market or not yet discovered in the market. Hmm. Those are the companies I really like to, to find because uh, whenever I invest in a in a company, and I've been doing this as I say since 2000, I'm always buying and putting my money into that company because I see that that, that stock price has a the potential to double within 10 months. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously everything I buy doesn't double in 10 months, but that's the potential for me. If I can't see a double in 10 months, I don't buy the stock. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always looking for companies that, uh, for some reason, that haven't yet been um, recognized in the market. And, uh, and I like companies that already have uh, gold or silver assets in the ground, and they're growing those gold and silver assets. I love companies that are situated around old mine workings and and this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the companies that I've chosen to put my own money into. And as I told you earlier, I've been able to enjoy a 75% compounded rate of return since 2000 by doing mm-hmm. that. It's phenomenal. Ian, would there be countries that you would want to stay away from or countries that you would feel more secure investing in? And if so, what would they be? I'm very, you know, I'm very cognizant of political risk. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you an example of that. Uh, about 2001, I, I was able to finance or help finance a company called Dynasty Metals and Mining, and they were mm-hmm. in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. They had a fantastic reason resources and I think we did the financing about 60 cents and the stock eventually went to about $10 so it was mm-hmm. a return for us but uh, then the Ecuadorian government, the president sort of uh, shut down mining in his country and all stocks in Ecuador got very very hard hit mm-hmm. uh, I, I subsequent to uh, Dynasty Metals and Mining I financed a company, helped raise money for a company um, called Ecuadorian uh, Metals, I think. Or mm-hmm. I keep forgotten the name because it's changed its name. Because they were in Ecuador, I loved the properties they had, and I thought, yeah, I've got another Dynasty Metals in mine. And, of course, this company got really hard hit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the company's done very well in in now moving into uh, Peru, which mm-hmm. I think is a better jurisdiction to be in, and they have a very good uh, silver property mm-hmm. which uh, they are actually going to eventually put into production, I would say, within two years. So mm-hmm. they call Andean um, Minerals, I think, AAU. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I like them very much. Mm-hmm. And some of the other companies that, you know, just to give the list of some of the companies that I like and the reasons for why there's a little company called Calibri C- CBI uh, on the Venture Exchange mm-hmm. and Calibri has its properties in uh, Northern Sonora in Mexico just from mm-hmm. the Arizona border uh, they, they've just done a joint venture deal with Agnico Eagle on one of the properties which is a and it's pretty close to La Hirandura which is about a 14 million ounce gold deposit that Particular property, so Agnico's earning in mm-hmm. on that property, and Agnico, I believe, on the financing is going to come and own 20% of the company. Or mm. own 20% mm. of the company. So, what what would its market cap be in and share share price? Right, uh, they're just financing right now, but uh, before the financing, it's got a tiny market cap of seven million. So. Mm. Wow. Uh, again, it's a company that's totally unrecognized, got a great silver property also in the same belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did some percussion drilling in 2006, got fantastic silver zinc results on that property. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. quite excited about this company. So, again, it's a company no one knows, mm-hmm. or very few people know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I do know a little bit about it. Um, I'm, I'm Quite close to the company, and uh, I certainly and I own it, and I think it's uh, I own both that and Andean, and I think it's going to do pretty well. Any other ideas? I know that you were very successful with Timmins. Timmins Gold was a was a company that uh, I was invested in. Unfortunately, got out too early, uh, but uh, I mean I did well with it, but didn't do as well as you have, I'm sure, because you've stuck with it. And Timmins is now producing gold. Could you talk about Timmins just for a minute, perhaps? I've always been a big fan of Timmins, and you know, I, I was actually raising money for them uh, even before they became a public company, and I mm-hmm. did the initial public offering for Timmins, or was mm-hmm. broke on that, uh, and I essentially financed them all the way through and into production. Mm-hmm. Um, I still own uh, a fairly large number of shares in the company. Uh, right now, they're looking to to try and. Uh, uh, Take over Capital Gold. That's a bit of a, a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that if that was to happen, you know, you I think you get a you know a, a new value put on the Timmins share price. And mm-hmm. uh, so um, that's why I continue to hold it. I like the management very much of the company. They work mm-hmm. extremely hard. They've done everything they've essentially said they were going to do, which is something else that I like very much. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that is very important, isn't it? Uh, it's easy. Talk comes cheap, but then follow-through is is somewhat more rare. Anything else uh, in, in terms of the juniors that that's might... Um, there are a couple of others that I really think that, again, are not being recognized in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is a company called Temex, uh, T-M-E. Mm-hmm. Temex has a, a, about 1.2 million ounces. Mm-hmm. In the Shining Tree area of northern Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, and that area is growing as a 
as a, an exploration area. There are lots of companies that are having success in that area. Chemex mm-hmm. also has the old Halno mine outside Timmins. Mm-hmm. They own 60% of and Gold owns 40% of. So mm-hmm. they've been drilling with great success on that old mine. I love these old mines. You know, mm-hmm. they, a lot of them came into production in the in the last Kondratiev winter in the mm-hmm. 30s and they're back, being put back into production or being rediscovered now. Mm-hmm. And there's another company called uh, PC Gold, which stands mm-hmm. for Pickle Gold, and they're in Pickle Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, they're drilling around an old uh, producing mine. They also have gone onto the surface and have been drilling on that area. So, um, What would be the symbol of PC Gold, Ian? PKL. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the venture. Sure. Yeah. Well, those are some some great ideas. I want to thank you for that, uh, giving me a couple of tips, maybe a couple of things that if I can find the time, I'll be looking into for my subscribers. Tell our listeners before we uh, before we conclude this conversation where they can follow your work, Ian. Uh, I have a website. It's that it's subscriber website, but uh, there are lots of things there that are available to to non-subscribers, and it's uh, uh, longwavegroup.com. Mm-hmm. Longwavegroup.com, not the longwavegroup.com, but just longwavegroup.com. And uh, I might just mention to people that it might not be a bad idea to subscribe. Um, Ian's work is is honest, uh, it's diligent, and um, it's it's good. I've known Ian for, oh, I guess it was the late 90s when I first heard from Ian. He uh, uh, requested uh, a trade in newsletters, and I like to tell people, I think, Ian, that I got the better the better deal there, but uh, in any event, it's been a, it's uh, Ian has become a very good friend of mine. I have um, a lot of respect for him and the honesty and integrity of his work, and uh, and also for you know because of his success, so it speaks for itself. Ian, I want to thank you so much for uh, your generous uh, uh, allocation of your time to our listeners. Uh, I think that a lot of people will really appreciate and profit and benefit from. From your, uh, uh, from your sharing with us. Thank you so much, and I hope we get you back again sometime as this Kondratiev winter continues to unfold. Thank you very much, Ian, and uh, folks, don't go away. I'm going to be right back with you with, with uh, some of my own uh, top picks uh, that, uh, that I've come up with in recent days, so don't go away. We'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Barkerville Gold Mines, BGM on the TSX.V, is focused on the exploration and development of its gold projects in the historic Caribou Gold Fields in British Columbia. Barkerville's mineral tenure now encompasses over 111,000 hectares, covering the 60-kilometer long by 20-kilometer wide geological belt and includes seven past-producing mines and two of Barkerville's own proposed open pit mines, currently in the permitting process. Barkerville recently announced the acquisition of the QR mine and 900-ton-per-day QR mill. Parkerville Gold began mining operations in February of 2010 and is expecting to produce 50,000 ounces in its first full year of mining. Crocodile Gold Corp. is a new gold producer with bite. 
with operating gold mines in the Northern Territory of Australia. Crocodile Gold produced 82,000 ounces of gold in 2010. Crocodile Gold has significant exploration upside on its expansive land package of 2,500 square kilometres. Please visit our website at www.crocgold.com for more information. Don't let this snappy opportunity pass by. Great Panther Silver is a profitable primary silver producer trading on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol GPR. GPR operates two 100% owned mines in Mexico, has a solid track record of increasing production, and continues to add resources and reserves. GPR has developed an organic growth strategy that will see production increase by more than 65% over the next two years. Great Panther Silver is also generating excitement at its new discovery in Guanajuato and expanding its drill program. Look for GPR on the TSX. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. It's just a love. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Uh, I am your host, Jay Taylor, and here to wrap up today's show. You know, I've been saying for some time that I think we are in the buying opportunity of a lifetime for gold mining stocks, and I say that because history shows that when we are in periods of major credit deflation like we're in now, and Bob Hoy has tracked uh, several of these going back 300 years, 
five previous ones, each and every time the real price of gold, what an ounce of gold will buy, has risen very dramatically. The same thing is happening now, this time, especially after Lehman Brothers. We've seen the buying power of gold rise very dramatically. Well, that in turn leads to surging gold mining profits and then surging gold mining share prices. Whether Ian Gordon's prediction of $4,000 gold and 1000 on the Dow comes true or not, time will tell. But what I am very confident about is that in this kind of environment, the real price of gold will rise very dramatically or at least stay high for a number of years yet to come. But there will be periods of time when the general equity market declines significantly, and with that can come a major decline in the gold mining shares. And that's very important to junior mining companies because they have to go out and raise capital on a regular basis to continue exploration. So even though the mining economics may improve with the declining equity markets uh, for gold mining shares, uh, it could be very threatening to companies that are short of cash or who are spending too much money. So you'll want to pay a lot of attention to the junior mining companies that are out there uh, and you know how much cash they have on their balance sheets. Keep an eye on that. And another thing, just as important, is how much do they spend? What is their burn rate? Because I think the dangers are very high that we are now facing a major equity market decline this year, let me suggest that one of the best kinds of gold mining companies to invest in are project generators. Let me give you a couple of names that I like a lot. These are companies that are recommended uh, on my newsletter, in my newsletter, J. Tillis Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. Millrock Resources trades on the Toronto Venture, MRO, and on the over-the-counter in the U.S. under MLRKF, recently selling at about $0.76. Cents. Yes, we've gained about 82% in our newsletter, but I think this still has a long ways to run on the upside. Another favorite project generator of mine is Dr. John Mark Stoudy's Riverside Resources trades RRI on the Toronto Venture and RVSDF on the over-the-counter in the U.S., Another project generator and one that I just recommended, really one I'm very, very excited about, is Eurasian Minerals. Trades on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol EMX and under the United and in the United States under the symbol uh, ESMNF. ESMNF closed this past uh, recently closed at around three dollars and thirty one cents. This is a company that really has several very large exploration targets. I think has a chance to uh, to come up with more than one possibly world-class deposits, and I think Newmont feels the same way. Newmont Mining is cuddling up to this company uh, with a, a very sizable portion of the equity uh, of uh, the shares of Eurasian Minerals. A couple more project generators that are on my list that I like a lot, Yale Resources, YLL uh, in Canada, and YRLLF in the U.S., Golden Valley Minerals, uh, Golden Valley Mines, GZZ, or GLVMF in the States, and Renaissance Gold, R-E-N, or R-N-S-G-F uh, in the States, R-E-N in Canada, $1.71. For Renaissance, $0.52 cents for Golden Valley Mines, and Yale Resources at around $0.09. Cents. Well, one of the smartest investors I know, Rick Rule, told me on this radio show that he has had more success with project generators than any other kind of mining company. And the main advantage these companies has is that they have minimal shareholder dilution. They also have a very low burn rate, generally speaking, and they have a portfolio of properties that increases the odds that sooner or later one of them is going to come up big 
as their uh, partners are spending their dollars uh, for the benefit of the shareholders of the project generators. I talk about these companies frequently in my newsletter, so I hope you will choose to take out a subscription to J. Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks. Go to miningstocks.com to do so. That's www.miningstocks.com. Or call my assistant in New York, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-7507. That's 718-457-7507. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Next week, our special guest will be Argentine economist Adrian Salbucci and his friend and colleague Daniel Estelin, who is the foremost authority on the Bilderberg Organization. If you really want to know who the powers are behind the throne that are choosing your future and your destiny, I don't think you're going to want to miss the insights of economist Adrian Salbucci and Daniel Estelin. In closing, I want to thank the staff at Voice America for making this show logistically possible. My, starting with my senior executive producer, Tacey Trump, Ruben Colomb, he's my operations manager, Justin Jackman, my Cracker Jack engineer. I want to thank each and all of you for making this show possible. Thanks to each of you for listening to making this the number one show on the Voice America business channel. Until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never stand it all planets are spinning through space smile upon your face welcome to the human race some kind of love that rides I'll be sliding down I'll be gliding down It's just a lovely ride Isn't it a lovely ride See me sliding down Gliding down Try not to try too hard It's just a lovely ride Enjoying the passage of time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.